Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Megan Eckenrode, owner of Athena Mobility and Strength, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Megan, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I, I am doing fantastic. I'm so happy to have you on here. I can't wait to hear more about you, about Athena. So tell us all about it. Where do we start? Well, thank you. First, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you know taking the time and being able to speak to what I do and hopefully help somebody. And I'm just looking forward to this, uh, this conversation. So thank you, first and foremost. You are very welcome. All right. So, um, so yeah, so to give you a little bit more information, I guess, on, on what I do at Athena and what we do here is um, we are a functional training facility. We work mostly with individual clients and small groups, and we mainly work with uh, clients that need help to kind of bridge over from a more medical perspective into generalized fitness. So, um, let's say people that have kind of gone through physical therapy, they've had, um, you know, an injury or they just have a reoccurring kind of compensational problem that, uh, like lower back pain or something like that. Um, we give them a little bit more, um, generalized movements that they might typically see if they were to do a workout program on their own online, or if they went to their local YMCA or things like that. So we kind of, um, give them a little bit more specific tools for them individually to be able to feel like they can execute some of these programs and not feel like they're going to injure themselves or have any additional issues. Um, but then we also work with clients that have ongoing reoccurring medical conditions like, um, neurological conditions like Parkinson's or MS or things like that. So people that um, maybe don't necessarily fit the mold of going to like a physical therapist, but they also don't feel again, quite as comfortable going to a large gym. Um, so we work with people on basically just kind of managing their journey through any conditions that they have and, um, and using a lot of different modalities to teach them what works best for them. Awesome. Well, that's pretty specialized, I would say in the, in the realm of a fitness facility that has as many offerings that you have. Um, and I think maybe there's an emerging need to bridge that gap between people who definitely want to come out of PT and go run to the local CrossFit gym or don't want right. to go work out in their own. So how did you get to this point? That's not really along the, the realm of like, the ne most natural common progression that we yeah. see. So I feel like yeah. there's a story there. So I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. There's, um, you know, there, there is such a need for the niche that I have. And I'm finding that it's, it's the, the thing that people never knew they always wanted, you know, and I think there's such a need for this, this medical exercise to grow. And to be honest with you, so my background started actually in collegiate coaching. So I was a, um, a former field hockey player in college. I went to school for sport management. My career path had been more in um, athletics and athletic administration, which I loved and it was great. So I coached, um, I went to York College of Pennsylvania. I played there, coached there, um, went to Dickinson College after that, coached there went to Slippery Rock University, coached there. I coached field hockey and lacrosse. I loved it. But college coaching, um, you know, 
you don't make a lot of money, especially if you're in a, a position like field hockey or lacrosse. I mean, I love it. And, you know, the world that it is, we all love it, but it just, you know, let's be honest, it doesn't make quite as, as money, as many dollars as maybe like a football program. So anyway, so I had to kind of get into a supplemental income. So what I, I, um, dappled into was personal training because it was kind of the next linear path of being able to still coach, have some clients, teach some classes, do the thing. So I worked at, at several different larger facilities like Gold's Gym, and um, I worked at the college campus facilities and was, um, was training a lot of individual clients. I was working with Silver Sneakers, so I was doing large group stuff in addition to the coaching. And it always kind of came back to this idea that like, I knew there was this missing piece in what I was training these individual clients because I was training them like athletes, you know, I had trained them very similarly to how I had, you know, I had kind of grown up in, being in the world of athletics and kind of bringing that to the world of, of fitness, but, and they're, they're similar, but there's a lot of differences within them. Um, and to be honest with you, at the time I was going into kind of a little bit deeper of the world of fitness and functional training. Um, my grandmother actually got sick with um, what was later diagnosed as ALS. So what I was looking into in research for finding a trainer to work with her prior to knowing what her condition was, was somebody that was, be, was able to either come to her house and train her on an individual basis or, um, or finding like a program that was a little bit more specialized in, in what she was experiencing, which we again came to find out later was this neurological condition. So I didn't find a lot. I didn't find a lot of, of capacity for her to be able to, to do what she needed to do. And this was back in 2000, 2009, 2010, that, that time frame. Um, so it really got my wheels turning and it really got me to thinking about um, why, why is that? Why are there not a lot of like trainers that are willing to go into in-home programs and things like that? And if they do, I think a lot of the modalities that were brought to the table was a lot of just heavy strength training. CrossFit was blowing up at the time, um, which was great, but I think, you know, not one size doesn't fit all. So, um, so anyways, that kind of brought me into the world of a lot more of the functional training, which brought me more into the mindful movement side of things with, um, the Pilates and yoga, which was something that I wasn't as familiar with, just coming from the background of more of the power training, speed and agility training, just the background that I had had. So, um, which led me into, again, this kind of gray area world of, I didn't really, I didn't really fit this mold that was out there. And I was looking to potentially go back to school actually for physical therapy, um, which unfortunately a lot of those programs there really isn't, um, unless you kind of know you want to do that at the very beginning of, of your kind of like lineage of, of, of education, it's hard to get into those programs and they're very expensive. So I happened upon this medical exercise program, which is actually a program that was developed from a physical therapist um, that was uh, initially in Washington, D.C., um, and his program was the medical exercise specialist, which is a little bit deeper than corrective exercise that you might see from like the bigger personal trainers like NASM or NSCA or those kinds of things. It was a little bit more geared toward the physical therapy side and kind of teaching you a little bit more about specific medical conditions, um, which a lot I had already kind of learned, but it gave me the capability of saying, I fit 
I fit somewhere in the world of business where I feel like I, I'm not, I'm not living this, not practicing what I preach kind of place of operating similar as a lot of similarities. And I would never profess to be a physical therapist because they have their own kind of realm of scope of what they do. Um, but there's a cohesion there. There's a collaboration of working with doctors and medical facilities and, and chiropractors and, um, you know, physical therapists, in addition to working with the fitness community and bridging over the two is what this program was. Um, so it, I kind of stumbled upon that, which, which gave me more of the stamp of this is what I do. And this is what it is. And there are others that do what I do, but there's not enough of us to be honest with you. So yeah, so it's been a cool progression of, you know, the world that I've the kind of found myself into and fallen into over time. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the long answer to that question. <laughs> so you, whatever the path is, if it's a long path, sometimes it warrants a long answer. And it definitely wasn't as simple as the, you know, uh, I was overweight in college. I gained 30 pounds. I lost right. it. And I decided I want to be a trainer. Like there was a real, like, you know, something that hit home and then you saw the niche that complemented what you thought you already wanted to do. So I can see that, you know, the path wasn't there. So you kind of made it or found it. So right. that, that's super cool. Um, yeah. And you've been doing it in this sort of iteration for what going on eight years or so now as this style of training and, and exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, so I opened my business, um, which originally I had called Athena Mobility, or I'm sorry, Athena Warrior Fitness. And I changed it um, several years ago to Athena Mobility and Strength as a business, um, more of just in general, I wanted to be more clear on what it was that I provided clients, you know, but I didn't want to lose the Athena name. And that's a whole nother story that I can go into at some point of a personal reference to basically just a wanting a very strong independent female um positioned business because um you know it is a very male dri driven industry and there are amazing males that are coaches but i thought because what i brought to the table was coming from such a place of there was there was the adaptation of strength and then there was the adaptation of the, the mindfulness part of it with um because again different worlds have you know have the yoga world and the Pilates world have a lot of women. And I think, you know, there's, there's kind of this marriage of, of all things that is incredibly important. If you're working with a client that you want to work with more on an individual basis, again, one size, not fitting all. Um, so I opened the studio um, where I'm currently at about eight years ago. Um, and I actually had started it post-divorce. Um, so that was part of the other, raw raw women empowerment Athena movement um was because I you know I was turning 30 at the time and um I really wanted to kind of put a stamp on like you know just feeling like like I was gonna I was gonna go forward with this idea that I had of, of writing you know a very initial what turned out it was kind of a diary of emotions that turned into my business plan and then that turned into um kind of starting over and um, and using my resources that I had had from coaching to begin this world that I, that I found myself in. And I had to um, actually start fresh of 
I trained people out of the back of my Honda Civic with my maybe two or three dumbbells that I had. Um, and I basically was like, you know, I, how can I make this work with the resources that I had? And, um, and I used what I had, you know, available to me. And I basically kind of turned a penny into a nickel into a dime and, you know, turned a thought into, um, you know, what's the low hanging fruit? I think it was the best thing that happened to me, to be honest with you. And I say this a lot, it's been a very long road to get where I am, but um, not having the financial resources in the beginning was incredibly hard, but also so good for me because I think it gave me this headspace to think, how do I make this work? knowing I couldn't get a loan at the time, I couldn't get any financing. So I really had to, I had to make it work. I had to find a way to make it work. So I took a, a coaching job, um, coaching at a local high school. And I used that stipend to pay for my, um, my LLC, my logo, um, and my initial uh, deposit for the space that I rented, which is the current space that I have. And I started out with a 600 square foot space um, and remember vividly coming in and crying and being like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, how is this going to work? And then, you know, and then just over time, I think if you find the passion for, for knowing that you don't know exactly where you're going, but I think if you know that you believe in what you do and you have other people that really see that in you, I think it really it, it, it kind of snowballs, you know, and it kind of creates its own aftermath effect in a positive way. And there have been a lot of things that I definitely would have done differently, but I think giving myself the time to know that, all right, I don't have a lot of resources. I don't have a lot of equipment. So do a lot of other people. A lot of other people don't have those kinds of resources and they don't have equipment. So how can I teach them to do what they need to do in their own homes. So I had started training people out of their houses, opened the studio, was doing a little bit of both, coaching at the time, came back and painted the studio and just kind of, you make it work, you know? And eight years later, you know, there are days where I come in and I just, I mean, this, for example, coming in and just taking a breath and being like, you know, you're doing it. Like, it's not easy. And it's, you know, sometimes you have to kind of take a minute and look back at like the journey and remember that like, it's been hard, but like, oh my God, so worth it, you know, so worth it. So yeah. So eight years later, it's, uh, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it seems like you've allowed yourself to not rush the process to kind of stair step it, to take the next step when it was the right time the burning question for me is with something as specific as what you do and so hard to find, it's not like you have a regular personal training studio where you can just find someone who's got, you know, a NASM CPT or something like that. Right. So how do you, how thinly can you spread yourself? How many yeah. people can you work with? Because also it's, it can be temporary, I would think, right? You might work with someone for three or six or you know, a year or something like right. that. And then they, you know, hopefully will move on right. to something else. Not that we want them leaving you, but you're there as kind of a bridge. So yeah, what does it look like as far as, you know, the numbers, you know, obviously you've got bills to pay, you've got a life to live. Business yeah. needs to generate profit in order for you to be able to help more people. So 
how many people can you handle in your client book? How many do you have now? What does that look like? And I know you, yeah. you usually have someone else coming on board to help you, which is an, an, an easy find. Where does the scaling come from in your mind? I got to I got to tell you, this is this is the most challenging piece of owning my own business that I've come across to this point. So that is oh, such a good question. So I um, several years ago, I was in a position where um, I mean, I, I have thrown myself into hours upon hours of training, hours upon hours of if I'm not training, I'm running operational things within the business to keep it, you know, to keep it operational, to keep it moving forward and do the thing. So, I mean, this has definitely been, you know, you have to know getting into business in general that there's no off switch most of the time. I mean, you can, you can definitely, you, you have to set parameters. That's what I've learned over the years. It's absolutely setting a balance. But I think for me, in the beginning, I was so driven to, to see this thing push and go forward. Um, I was taking a lot of clients at the, at the time. And I probably on average, I usually average out like how many sessions do I do? I was doing well over, I would say 50 sessions a week of, you know, basically 45 minutes to, to an hour's worth of appointments. And, you know, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of people to be seeing and a lot of appointments. I'm, I've scaled it down at this point, but I'm still up there more than I'd like to be because people, again, this is what they didn't know they always wanted. Right. So the good news is if you kind of progress further into um, supply and demand, basically, you know, not that I want to, you know, charge an arm and a leg, but the reality is it, it is a major specialization and knowing what I know, teaching the way that I do, um, I've been able to kind of create more financial resources for myself just by learning how to supply and demand it, even though that's hard. I mean, being in the industry that we're in, it's super personal. So, I mean, that's, that's a difficult conversation to have. Um, so several years ago, I want to say it was probably at this point, five or six years ago, I hired my first full-time person. Um, and she was, she was great. She was awesome. She was right out of college. She had a background more as a uh, nutrition. She was a nutrition major and, um, she was also a, a, a trained dancer. And so she had the movement piece and she was personable and she was great, but I think it's such a challenging niche to find somebody to, um, to really understand how to adapt on a, on a dime of, you know, some of these clients, you know, there's so many exercises and adaptations of exercises that you can pull out of a hat. But if somebody's like, you know, this is bothering my X, Y, Z, you don't want to be like, Oh, well, I don't really know what to do with you. You have to be able to adapt quickly and say, okay, well, why is that happening for one? And so learning a little bit of anatomical movement relationships of like, if that wasn't bothering them before, why is this movement bothering them now? So being able to do that level of research and then secondarily, the client needs to know that you somehow have an answer for them in the moment of, well, no, we're just going to move on without some kind of explanation. It takes a little bit of time to understand how to coach that, you know? So um, she, she ended up deciding she was actually going to go back to school and work more in the nutrition realm, which is kind of a a good, it was a good relationship that kind of ended itself with just fizzling out to a degree. And it gave me a little bit of time to think, okay, maybe one full-time person isn't necessarily 
the best fit for this. You know, maybe I can find some part-time people that can help me at least teach some small groups and, you know, teach Pilates, teach, you know, more of a specific modality of, you know, of, of strength training with kettlebells or Pilates or, or something to that effect, which was doing okay for a little bit. Um, but again, I think in me, myself as a business owner and kind of understanding that like they were great people and they were doing a great job within my business, but I wasn't really ready to have them yet. You know? So I think it was a moment where I was like, I need to back up the train a second, scale it down a little bit for myself that I can, I can see more clients. I would say less clients, more, more better quality charge a little bit more, do more smaller group stuff that I can handle, maybe do some online programs that are more like generalized so that I can see more people at one time. So you have to kind of be able to adapt quickly. Um, and this was actually right before COVID um, that I kind of scaled everything back. And it was a huge blessing in disguise because when quarantine hit, I was able to just shift everything over to an online portal and it was just me um so now I'm kind of at a place again where I'm back to the I'm back to that challenge of I need somebody to help me which um I actually one of the part-time people that I had had um when I made the shift to several part-time coaches went back to school during the time of COVID for um physical therapy assistant. So she wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, more of the specifics on the, the medical side of, of things. And so she and I actually had just revisited some conversations and it looks like I'm hoping keeping my fingers crossed that she's going to come back in to help me. Um, and then the next challenge we're looking at is as much as I love my space, looking at a different space to be able to see more people at one time. So, um, it's always evolving, you know? I think it's just constant evolution of knowing like what's working, what's not working, why is it not working? And how do I, how do I manage this? But it's, it's a lot, that's why I said it's, it's like several full-time jobs, you know? It's, it's not just go train. The easy part for me is training movement, you know? It, it's going and training the movement, but the hard part is managing that in the quality that I wanna keep it at while also running a business, you know? And, and being able to do it for, as long as I have and, and knowing what's working and what's not. So. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think about how, even if you needed to, how you'd even go about, you know, you can't really ex, uh, like advertise or market what you're doing other than making, is, is it all partnerships through other medical professionals and things like that? Do you, are you even at a point where in a while where you've had to try to look for more people or is it more like I've got enough and yeah, you yeah. Have to apologetically say like, I, you know, maybe there's somebody else. There's not, it's not easy to refer people for what you do either. So, right. Right. So um, how is that? Look? Has enough, it all been just yeah. partnerships? Basically. So I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of referrals and, and to your question of clients that if I'm doing my job, then they aren't going to be with me forever. You know, if, if I'm doing what I need to do, then the, the goal ultimately is to be able to kind of offload them to, you know, there's, there's some great CrossFit facilities locally. There's some, um, you know, some great programs at, at the YMCA. Like I said, there's tons of different functional training facilities and, and also other, some people really enjoy, you know, 
yoga specifically or Pilates, but most of the time I, I try to encourage them into the things they may not be comfortable with because most of the time that's kind of the thing that your body kind of doesn't know that it needs to, to stabilize itself a little bit. So um, I try to kind of guide them. So I have a lot of clients that I've seen that check back in with me um, that kind of do like an occasional appointment or whatever, just to kind of like, Hey, I'm having this problem with this, you know, or whatever, and just be able to kind of check in. Um, so most of, most of my clientele that I have is a lot of referrals from other clients, a lot of referrals from, um, actually a local acupuncturist has referred a lot of clients to me, um, and chiropractors, um, massage therapists, um, physical, physical therapists. Um, yeah. And, and some actually some, uh, several orthopedic doctors, um, have kind of communicated that with me too. So it's been, you know, it's definitely been, um, it, it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie because I think there are, are not enough people finding their way to this niche, you know, because I think one reason or who knows why, but I think part of my concern going this direction is feeling like, oh, am I, am I, am I qualified enough? Am I, do I feel like I, I know enough to feel like I can communicate the things that I'm teaching to people? But at the end of the day, if, if it's working and people are getting the results from it, you just have to kind of find the answers. And that's where, like I said, I found this medical exercise program. And I think um, I'm hoping in the future, my hope is I, I've been kind of quiet on my social media platforms recently. Um, so I'm hoping to actually be able to, I just hired a, a videographer to help me with, with, um, basically a whole kind of outline that I put together of filming, how to approach functional movement, how to manage your own conditions, that kind of thing that is a little bit more low hanging fruit to, to reach more people, um, with a program designed that they can kind of self-guide. Um, and my hope in doing that is to actually, get back out on the world that um, the platforms that somebody who's like, you know what, this sounds like it's something that I really want to be a part of might reach out to me and kind of be somebody that could potentially be a good fit for me to be able to refer people to, or um, potentially somebody that can come work with me locally, you know, to, to do some of this work or to do it virtually even. So, um, you know, I'm kind of at that place again, where the only way at this point that I can grow a little bit more, um, without burning myself out more is, um, is through technology. And I think COVID taught me that, you know, where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not as scary, you know, if, if you kind of go that direction. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, I'm still in a growth period, obviously. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of ebbs and flows, but I'm at a big transitional growth period where I think, um, you know, I think you're going to see more of this, you know, I think you're going to see more medical and corrective exercise studios, either physical therapists who, who are going to kind of get out of specific PT clinics and go this direction, or you're going to see more fitness professionals, um, that have a background in, you know, whatever it is that they do, but recognize that there's a big niche that can be filled, you know, and, um, and there's a lot of people that need it. So. So where does that put you as far as do you have a long-term vision? Um, I know you have this other, other trainer who hopefully fingers crossed for you is going to come work with you and you can scale online. Do you think that when it comes time, if you do move into a bigger space, are you going to have to like stock the medical exercise program at, 
you know, whoever's teaching it? Are you going to, do you think just if somebody falls in your lap, that's great, but just try to figure out the biggest way that you can scale it online. Like, is there a long-term hope? Like I would love to, you know, have a, you know, three coaches and a roster of, you know, 500 people that we can help in a given time. Like, do you have an idea for like how big your reach realistically could be? Like how many people you could help? Or is it just going in phases and seeing where, where it takes you? I would say at this point, I'm kind of going in the phases, but I think as a whole, what I'm envisioning moving forward is creating some programs that, um, that I can have for references for clients that if I can't get them into a book, whether it's with me or another trainer who's apprenticing under me or people coming out of these programs with medical exercise, um, that I can kind of get them started, get them something, you know, get them going and, and still make a profit off of it too, where I'm, you know, I'm, they're, I'm providing them some service um, that might be like a monthly service or something like that. And in the meantime, I think work with um, work with the the right the people that have the passion. I think people what I'm looking for is not necessarily somebody that that knows all the answers to all the questions. I mean, that's taken me years, and I still don't even profess to know everything. I mean, there's no way. And and we we're human beings. We're constantly ever evolving, right? The things that I was like, no, this is how it's done you know, I don't know, a year ago, I'm like, well, I believe in that kind of, I think that's changed. You know what I mean? So like, I think somebody that's willing to kind of understand that, like, I'm not looking for the answers. I'm looking for somebody who just, who's passionate about coaching, who's passionate about helping. Um, and it, those people are out there, you know? So I think taking all this time to get, to kind of get myself to where I am allows me the space to, to know what I'm looking for in the person that I'm, I'm hoping will come on board and then, um, and then teach them, you know, teach them what I know that, you know, I think I wish I would have had, you know, I've had to learn a lot of this stuff just by, you know, the people that I've followed and, and the, and the trainers and the, um, and the professionals, the medical professionals that I've followed over the years that I feel are doing this kind of work. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about where the potential is. I'm excited about where the industry is. I think there's so many positive movements moving forward with it, but I think um, it's a, it's a great industry to be a part of. You know, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of really cool people doing a lot of really cool things. And I think if you're open to that and kind of communicate again, allow allow the progressions to kind of go naturally where they go but then I think shoot for the moon you know just look for I mean it would be awesome to have more than one facility with multiple coaches and you know and um you know and just be able to help more people you know I think I'm always of the the kind of mindset of I like the intimacy I like the intimacy of what I've created in the studio here with clients feeling like they come in and it's just comfortable. Um, I don't know that necessarily a bigger facility is the way to go. I think for me, it would be maybe just having a couple smaller facilities with the right kind of group of, of people working together to collaborate, to kind of like see this vision go forward and then maybe do some, you know, some certifications, you know, through Athena of, you know, where people feel like they get what they need from it. So that's kind of long-term vision. I think at this point, anyways, that could change tomorrow, but at this point, that's what it is. 
definitely sounds like exciting times. And you've gone through a few different incarnations of the business. You have a really solid handle on who you are, who you want to be as, as a trainer, as a business owner, what you want the business to be. You have this solid direction. The timing probably couldn't be any better because Zoom and whatever other right. platforms, we're on Zoom, so it's not a commercial. It's just, it's what, what most people <laughs> it's what it are is. with, right? Um, yes. So many people got forced to learn it. So right. now, you know, if they have to use it for something they don't want to do, like work, it makes it a little easier to use it for something they do want to do, like feel better, move better, be able to, you know, run right. after their kids or, you know, just get up off the couch or whatever the case may be. So I think it sounds like a lot of good things are coming together for you. So I would say the future is bright. Well, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. So I like to rewind the timeline as, as we get towards the end of the show and ask, you know, we, we know where you came from, what you've done, where you are, where you're going with all that in mind, you've been in the game for a while. Um, I, I kind of think I have an idea of what you might say, but if you could go, go back, you know, eight, 10, five, however many years to a key point where you could give yourself some advice, when would it be? And what do you think it would be? I think, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in you don't know why things happen the way they do, but you kind of, you kind of got to roll with the ride, you know? And, um, I think the advice I would probably give myself is, is to be honest with you, probably don't be so critical and hard on yourself of like moments where you've made some, some mistakes that were part of the journey to learn where to be where you are you know I think working with certain people um, in other industries and and in hindsight looking back and thinking like oh I just you ju I just didn't know what I didn't know as a as a small business owner and I think um, you know I think as in any case like I think sometimes there are people that that kind of take advantage of that because you don't know what you don't know and I think I was so hard on myself earlier as um, especially in the beginning of trying to find my niche and find my name and, and, um, and the amount of heartache that I had of just, of just being so hypercritical of, of not have feeling like I had all the answers right away, you know, and I, I wasn't executing the way that I felt like I should have been. And I think, um, I think that's a really difficult, I think I would, I would suspect that a lot of professional gym owners that are in it for the right reasons are hypercritical of themselves as well and just very um, quick to, to kind of judge themselves on decisions that they've made that you just don't know. And I think like at the end of the day, those decisions directly led to other decisions that brought me into a different place that gave me more clarity, you know? So I think, I don't know. I don't know that I would change anything or give myself advice. I think just uh, enjoy the ride. I think sometimes just take a breath and remember that like, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, we're not curing cancer over here. You know, I think like it's, it's, we're doing the best we can and we're helping people. And at the end of the day, you know, people can take it or they can leave it. And, and that's, that's okay too. You know? So I don't know. I think, I think I've done a lot of self-talk over the years that I've kind of like squashed a lot of my own insecurities and my own, like, what am I doing with my life kind of moments. So, um, so yeah, so I'm pretty happy with it, where things are. And I'm happy to learn, you know, always happy to adapt and learn. Yeah. Well, take it or leave it. It sounds like a lot more people are taking it than leaving it. And 
that's good for you. And I hope it continues to put you in a position where you can just help more people spread the, the methodology, what you're doing, show people that, you know, there's, there's one more niche, there's one more specialty, there's one more thing that might fit somebody who didn't feel like either on the training side or on the client side, um, that there is something that bridges a gap or maybe, you know, fills a space that is, is kind of underserved. So yeah, I think it's been yeah for sure. Um, Thank I, you so I much. Hope, I hope that some people um, tune into this that are thinking about it and trying to figure out a niche and it may not even be the same, but figuring out, you know what, if you, if you see an opportunity, if you see some places where people aren't being helped to the extent that they can go for it, figure it out. Yep. Right? Don't be afraid to make the mistakes on the way. Totally. Yeah, totally. And lead you. If you're, if you're not afraid of some hard work and your goal is to just help people, the rest will almost totally worth it. fall into line. So yeah, I appreciate yep. the time before we let you go, where can people find you? Where can they find Athena online, Facebook, social media? Where's all yeah. So, um, we have, we're online on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, we have a website. So, um, Instagram, I would say is, is the most kind of commonly when I am posting content, that's usually where I'm at. So it's Athena underscore mobility and strength all spelled out. Um, Facebook is at Athena mobility and strength all spelled out as well. Um, so those are the two biggest platforms. I would say, if you want to check us out, we would love to to have any questions, any comments, any, you know, if I can help anyone along the way of, you know, any information that I can provide to help you out along the way, if you want to get into this, um, into this area, or even just communicate with other gym owners, I'm always, always open to conversation. So would love, would love any input. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate your Thank time. You. Thank you for coming on. To all of our listeners, we appreciate your time. As always, thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to hear more episodes, we know you do, smash that subscribe button, get notified when the new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, there's a link in the description, click it, fill out the form, someone from the team will get in touch with you, ASAP. We're trying to spread as many of these stories, as many business models, as much gym owner love as we can out there. So to everybody out in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Megan Porter. Megan, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming uh, on the show today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's kind of get right into this. Um, what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? The name of my facility is Moving Mountains and we are in Big Sky, Montana. Awesome. Awesome. Moving Mountains. I love it. And uh, how long have you been in business? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so, 
you know, I, I always like to get a background on everyone uh, when we start the show. So what uh, what is that made you decide to, to be a gym owner? Well, um, that can be a long story or a short story. So I will, um, I'll do my best to condense it for you. Okay, um, sure. I have always known that I was meant to own my own business, but for a long time, I had no idea what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved to Montana from North Dakota, straight out of high school. And in my 20s, been through various cycles of being healthy and doing what I love to do outside and being unhealthy and un- un- unhappy. And went through that a couple different times. Um, at the end of the last one, I decided it was time for a change. And I realized that that was going to take a little more effort as I was getting older and life was changing a bit. Um, so I actually got my start in the fitness industry with at-home programs. I was not a gym person at that time. Um, I found success in these programs and started coaching others online, doing the same thing I was doing. That led to a group exercise certification, which led to a personal training certification. Um, After I got certified as a personal trainer, I started working full-time as a trainer for a physical therapy company here in Big Sky. And then Moving Mountains kind of came to me, actually. Okay, awesome. So when you say came to you, did you, so you bought an existing business? So the facility that I am in has been a gym since, uh, for six years, six or seven years. Okay. Um, It's been through multiple owners, which was kind of a scary thing as, as, you know, next one coming in. Um, But it, uh, it had a core group of people, a small core group of people that have been working out there since the beginning. And they did not want to see it see it go after the last owner was ready to be done um so one of them actually reached out to me i have a good working relationship with him i had worked for this guy in the past and um he asked if i wanted to take it over and i said yes there you go so you always knew you you wanted to own a um some kind of business but you never thought it would be a gym right yeah i think somewhere somewhere along that group exercise personal training thing i knew it was going to be a gym um, okay. I did not know it was going to be like this. Okay, awesome. Well, I mean, either way, it worked out, right? And here you are. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of, uh, so let me know, um, like, what is uh, what? What's the business model? So, um, are you guys open gym? Is it classes? Uh, what do you guys offer there? Uh, both. So we have open gym. We have large group classes, and then small group training and and personal training. Okay. Awesome. So, so basically everything you guys offer all of it. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. Now, as far as like your, let's start, let's start with open gym. So is it, uh, is it certain hours or is it 24 seven access? Certain hours, 4am to 10pm. Anytime we don't have a class going on. So our facility is pretty small. Mm -hmm. We're about 2000 square feet. Um, 1600 of that is downstairs. Our kind of our main workout class area. Okay. And then 400 square feet in a, an upper um, loft area. Okay, awesome. So basically like, like open gym. So it, anytime there's not a class going on, people are free to, to come and do, do the open gym membership, but you know, just kind yep. of put their own stuff in. Yeah. Right, cool. Now, do people have to be part of a class in order to get the open gym or can they buy that separately? Nope, that can be purchased separately. Okay, cool, cool, awesome. So uh, I'm sure that, um, you know, over the years, did, did you always start it out this way or did the other services kind of evolve 
as as you opened? Uh, the training and classes. So one-on-one -on -one small groups and classes were, have always been a part of the business. Mm -hmm. um, the classes is basically what I stepped into um, and then brought my own philosophies to, to what was there. Uh, and then the training, that, that's what I was doing before. So that, that came with me. Too. Okay. All right. Awesome. Now, um, is it like how many, uh, let's say like total coaches and staff, how many, uh, how many total coaches and staff do you have? We have myself and one other trainer. We have six coaches that are um, a part of our consistent schedule. And then we have three that fill in from time to time. Okay. All right. Awesome. So you, it sounds like, so you run quite a few classes per day is what it sounds like. Yep. Five classes Monday through Thursday, four on Fridays and one on Saturday. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how many of those are you teaching any of the classes now, or are you just doing training only? Yes. Um, the days that I'm in the gym, I have two classes a day. Okay. All right. So you're not taking like the full workload or anything of those. Um, I have training clients in between all of that, but I have definitely learned over the years that I can't do it all. And yeah, and it just doesn't work to take on a full training and class schedule and run the business at the same time. Yeah, that is so true. And so it's been two and a half years for you. I think it takes um, other people a lot longer than that to, to realize that for me, it was about year three. And I was like, okay, like this, something has to give here, <laughs> you know, because I think in the beginning, like there's really no other way in the beginning. Right. Um, and then after that, like you, you see, like it slowly starts to take a toll on you. Uh, at least it did for me anyways. And I was like, I, can't, I don't even have time to do my own stuff anymore. Yeah. So yeah, you got to scale it back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, 2020 was a hard year in many ways. And that was one of the biggest lessons I learned. Um, I actually had my first child in 2022. So oh, that cool. was um, that was the best reason in the world to adjust my priorities and schedule. Absolutely. And sometimes it takes something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, something, something big like that, like that, that's already a big lifestyle change. So you can kind of take it and run with it after that. Yeah. And, you know, whereas before, I think if you tried to step back, you would have to be like really direct and intentional and people would have questions. And, you know, with you being what the seventh owner with that or something I like that, I think it was the sixth, sixth, Fifth yeah. Or sixth. yeah, I think all of a sudden the people saw you start disappearing. They'd be like, Oh, wait a minute. Is everything okay here? Like, you know how stuff like that, like the buzz gets started. So, right. yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. And so, so do you have a, a gym rat for a kid now or, or what? Oh yeah. He's yeah. in there more than most people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same here. Yeah. My daughter grew up in the gym, so uh, totally get it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing though. Most days the little boy and our dog is there too. So it's definitely a family affair. There you go. I love it. I love it. So looking at um, like your, let's talk about like, um, you know, lead generation or like what you do to get people in the door. So what are you guys doing right now to get people there? Big Sky is a fairly small town. I think word of mouth is our most powerful generator. Um, yeah. But I'm, we're also getting more into events and, and connecting to the community through, through events, which has been really fun. Oh, cool. It's cool. So are you guys under any restrictions or anything now, or is everything kind of normal-ish? Normal-ish? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. no, no major restrictions at the moment, but it's talks of going back to some. Right. Okay, I get it. So in the meantime, you're just kind of just running with it, right? Like doing your thing pretty much. Yeah. 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 As long okay. as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like with, with the group classes and stuff right now. So like what is what is kind of the breakdown of members? Like how many would you say do group classes versus small training, small group training versus uh, PT? We have about 90 open gym members. Mm-hmm. 60 class members and 20 ish uh, small group of training members okay. at the moment, clients. Okay, gotcha. Now, do you do small groups too, or are you just doing like the, the PT? We do small groups too. You personally? Yes. Yeah. What do you like better, PT or small groups? Oh, I like them both, honestly. It, it depends on the client and, yeah. and what they're working on. Like, I have a group of, um, ladies that are just there to get a good sweat and to catch up on their lives. And we have a blast together. I'm sure. Um, but then we also have those like super fun one-on-one training clients that have specific goals and you can get super nerdy about things and, yeah. and dive into it like that. So I, I truly like to have the balance. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Same, same here. Like we all have those clients that the ones you can get super nerdy with, like that's kind of it's kind of a breath of fresh air because there's not a lot of people that like to get in depth with stuff like the same way we do. So when you have that, it's kind of like you're, I mean, it's this connection, you know, for the whole hour, you know, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's fun. And, and I'm sure that, um, you know, like some, some of the conversations, you know, with me, it always leads to mindset. I don't know about if that happens with you guys, but we always get into this mindset, you know, and talking about, you know, limiting beliefs and things like that, you know, when it comes to, you know, life in general, you know, pushing to your goals, everything like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And so what kind of, um, like your, your demographic, you know, the, the types of people that come in there, what do you think they're like, what is the most um, common goal that you find like among your members? So being in Big Sky, Montana, we have a huge population of active people. Uh So most of our people have a pretty good base level of fitness and they just want to feel good doing what they do outside, which is, which is our philosophy. We train people to do what they'd love to do outside, Uh keeping them strong and keeping them safe. So yeah, most people just want to maintain that for as long as they possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. It's like a, like a functional fitness, basically like everyday, everyday life type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I've never been out there. So like, as far as the outdoor activities, like people like to hike and stuff like that. Yeah. So in the summer, our training focuses on hiking, biking, and running. Cool. And in the winter, our training focuses on skiing, uh, both downhill and Nordic and snowboarding. Okay. All right. And are you doing all those too? Am I doing all those activities? Yeah. Yeah. The activities. Yeah. 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 That's why we live here. Awesome. Awesome. So you snowboard and ski and all that. Yeah, I'm a much better snowboarder than skier. Um, Nordic skiing is so fun and so hard all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I truly love to snowmobile. That's what I really love to do in the winter. Yeah, that's one thing I'd I'd love to do. Like I've never been out west to to do something like that and those kind of sports. Like I ski, but only on the East Coast. But it's, it's nowhere near like what you guys have out there. I know that. I know it's uh 
we, I guess we used to have the biggest skiing in America. I don't know if we can claim that anymore. Mm -hmm. oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. So like with, um, with everything you guys have going on there. So between all, all of the different, um, let's see, open gym, your big classes, your, the small group classes, the training, um, what do you think, like, what do you think that, that people like the most, not just by numbers, but where do you think people get the most, um, progress? Let's put it that way. I think the group classes, mm -hmm. we have a really cool sense of community in our gym and that is that's always been something that's been very important to me um but even in the open gym too there's a sense of community that i see in that gym that i have never seen in in any other gym which is pretty cool people don't just put their headphones on and and walk in and do their workout they actually talk to the people around them actually talk yeah that that's yeah. some kind of foreign concept it seems like yeah days yeah. Now was was that um was that intentional? Did you try to do stuff to create that community, or it just happened like organically? Uh, we're always doing things to try and strengthen the community, but I did. I was fortunate to walk into a really cool sense of community mm -hmm. um, when I took the space over. But a lot of that too just comes with building and growing and attracting the right people and making our classes and our space feel approachable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to growth, like, what are you guys like actively, what are you doing right now to grow? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? I want to expand more into the events. We just had a ladies specific mountain biking skills clinic. Uh -huh. uh, it was a two day clinic. We had 12 women and we partnered with a company called CJ adventures and, uh -huh. and we biked and learned about skills and life all weekend and the sense of community that came out of that was pretty cool really how many uh, yeah. how many people would you have do it you had 12 oh 12 okay i'm sorry yeah you yeah. said 12 i missed that well that, that's nope. awesome yeah yeah so so that's the kind of stuff that you'd like to get more into like i mean along those lines right yeah so my goal is to is to have two clinics like that seasonally it's like sport-based things running and and biking in the summer, um, something like backcountry ski focused and probably Nordic skiing for the winter time. Mm -hmm. And then to also add movement screens and nights where you can come in and uh, do kind of an open house thing or stuff like that in between the, the main events. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. So what do you guys have? Do you have like movement screens and stuff in place when someone joins the gym right now? We do for specific memberships, but not for everyone. Okay. So like open gym, they probably wouldn't get a movement screen, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. But for everything else they do? For our classes, it kind of depends on the person. If you walk into that first class and our coach catches something funky, then we'll just individually pull that person aside and be like, hey, um, we would love to help you work on this. Like, this is something we noticed. We can help you with that. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think like most people that come in, do they know what they want to do already? Or, you know, do, do you guys kind of have to lead them into things like as far like, you know, kind of deciding which service they want to do? Most people are pretty solid in what they want to do. Okay. And it sounds like, like your, your group classes, like, I mean, like you said, you're a small town and you got a, a pretty good number already. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's probably, I mean, people probably know about 
your classes, right? Like, yeah. Already. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. That's, that's something big, like, like word of mouth, like word of mouth is one of the, the best ways. Like the thing about word of mouth that I love is whenever someone comes in, if it's on a referral program or whatever, or if it's just friends talking to friends, like those leads are usually really hot. Like it's like, they're ready to join. Like there's really not a lot you have to do on your end except sign them up. Right. They've yeah. already made that connection. They they have, and that's that's what keeps people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, so right now you guys are, you know, in in your classes, you're about sixty people or so. What um, what what's a goal for you? Like, what what would you like that to be at? Like, let's say within the next year. Within the next year, I would like to add forty memberships. Forty? Okay, I love yeah. it. I love it. And, and so your, your plan for doing that. So definitely word of mouth and these events are going to help as well for that. Yep. Yeah. And any advertising at all, Google, Facebook, anything. Mostly just social media. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we have a few print, a uh, few print options locally, um, but I haven't had great luck with print. So we're, yeah, word of mouth and social media are the two main things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think the print stuff, like the, the direct mail, um, one thing I learned is, you know, a lot of that is, is based on, you know, your ages too. So mm -hmm. I want to target the older crowd. That's usually the best way to do it because right. they open every single piece of mail. Like, no matter <laughs> what. Yeah. Who has time for that? Yeah. I know. And for me, like, I'm like, okay, like this is, if it's not a bill, like trash, trash, trash. Right. Same. And yeah, that's, that's how most of the people um, I've had people that come into my gym and, you know, I always like to know how they got here and they're like, oh, it's Facebook. But then they'll have, I've seen some come in with direct mail. They just happened to walk in, but they were using it like as a funnel for their pre-workout, like into their thing. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, so I made you a really cool funnel, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So, yeah, so that's, that's some pretty big goals. So basically you're like, you're looking almost double. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And like during COVID, did you guys lose a lot? Or was we, everybody kind of pause? We maintained. Yeah. We maintained, which I was very, I was happy with that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's better than a lot of people, you know, did. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people, like 35% of gyms across the, the country closed down after that. Yeah, we were fortunate to be in a small town. Um, and a, it's a tourist town. So a lot of people actually came to us, which was a double-edged sword, right? I, we, I had, I probably could have grown a lot more than I did, mm -hmm. but I chose to take care of the members that had been there for a long time. Yeah. Because a lot of these people came to our town to escape COVID in the city temporarily. That makes and, sense. And by by limiting our new memberships, like, I, I hope that I gave my members a little bit more peace of mind that we were taking care of them and they could safely show up to class. And that's what we did. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's been other gyms. I, I was in that predicament myself because our county restrictions were a lot looser than some of the ones around us. So same deal. Like you're kind of worried, like, you don't want, so you have these people that have been with you for a long time, like they're bought in, 
you know, they're invested in the program, you know, they're your cause, what you do, they love it. And then you have, I mean, I guess we could call them outsiders, right? Like these people coming in and taking up space and, you know, at, at the end of it, you know, they're going to leave, but at the same time, how many of your members are going to leave after that as well? Right. Yeah. 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 It was, it was tough. Yeah, it's weird, like, to turn away money, you know? I know, especially when things were so uncertain. But I'm very thankful that I made the decision with that that I did. I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and what we – we actually did end up gaining some really, really, really great long now long-term members that moved here from COVID and decided to stay. And now they're solid parts of our community. So That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So looking, um, we're kind of getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So we've already talked about growth, like what, what you're looking to do. Um, another question I'd like to ask people, knowing what you know now, if you could give yourself advice for when you first started the gym or when you first took over, what would that advice be? Don't try to do it all by yourself. Yeah. Ask for help. Um, get a coach and talk things, or if you can't, if you don't want to get a coach, find somebody that you can talk things through with. Because if you are truly a solopreneur and you are doing all of this on your own, you can think yourself in circles so fast. But as soon as you say things out loud, sometimes it's like a light bulb goes on and you're like, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. I just yeah. needed to get it out. So find somebody to talk to and ask for help. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point. You know, a lot of times with, with the big aha moments we have, it just comes from asking better questions and yeah. asking ourselves questions. It's kind of, uh, you know, like, like a coach, like I've, I've had, you know, tons of mentors and things like that. And looking back, some of them, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, from karate kid, like it was like Miyagi stuff, <laughs> right? Like it would be like, what do you think about this? And it's like, what do you think about this? And then like you, you basically just think and speak yourself into the solution by yeah. just talking it out loud. It's so weird, but yeah. you're right. you got to get it out of here. You got to get it out of there, say it out loud, and then hopefully they're going to ask you the right questions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Megan, I had a great time today on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Me and too. thank I you. Know, yeah. I know that our um, audience will get some good value out of this for sure. Thanks. Yeah. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the link in the description and uh, click the subscribe button for our gym owners. If you want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest on the show until next time. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit 972 in Plano, Texas, Mr. Justin Robinson. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for taking some time to be here with us today and have a fun time. Let's roll into it. Tell us about 972 and what it is you do there. Well, um, in a nutshell, we're a CrossFit gym. Uh, uh, true and true, true and through. Um, we, uh, we really just focus on uh, the CrossFit part of it. We don't do a lot of boot camps or anything outside of that. Um, we just program straight CrossFit uh, classes. We do uh, add some Ollie, uh, you know, um, groups at night, and um, we do some kids classes. But outside of that, we just mostly um, just focus on our, our programming and CrossFit. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about your history as the owner of the facility. Uh, do you own it by yourself? How long have you been there for? What made you get started? Give us a little backstory. So I just love CrossFit. And um you know, I was looking for investment opportunities and I'd been at this gym, uh, West Plano CrossFit, uh, for a couple of years and reached out to the owner to see if he might be interested in uh, expanding or, or if he needed a partner in any way. And uh, lo and behold, the timing was was right. Um, I was with them. Uh, well, I guess we had West Plano CrossFit for about six months uh, before we had the opportunity to merge with uh, CrossFit 972. And so that's where CrossFit 972 comes into play is um, I heard that there was an opportunity. It was a bigger gym. It was in a better lo location. And so, and they were maybe three, four miles away, you know, apart. So I thought uh, maybe there's an opportunity here to expand. Awesome. Awesome. And how long ago was that? That's been uh, about three and a half years ago now. Okay. And at the time you did it as a buy-in in a partnership, is that how, how you got started? Initially, yeah, all together. Yeah, initially that's that's where we started, and then I guess about a year into it, um, I made the offer to go ahead and uh, buy that rock. Perfect, perfect. Now, uh, you said you were looking for investment opportunities. You already love CrossFit. Is this uh, a business that you own and operate full time? Do you have another career? Anything else that you do alongside this, or is this this it? So that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> uh, currently, though, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually an owner in a medical supply company and um, really kind of where it started from as well. I'm on the diabetic side of uh, the supply um, side. So, you know, I'm, on that side, I'm, I'm helping sick people. And um, on the CrossFit side, I'm helping people from getting sick. <laughs> so it kind of balances me out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, that's, that's my my other career. So I'm at the gym, uh, you know, probably starting at three o'clock um, until, until close. And I have a great team that supports me outside of that. Awesome. Awesome. What's that team look like? What does it consist of on the, on the CrossFit side? So it's, um, it's all coaches. Um, I actually offer childcare. I'm one of the only gyms and, and I think uh, all of CrossFit that offers childcare. So I do have 
uh, a childcare lady who comes in early and helps me with cleaning. Um, and then my morning coach uh, does my programming and gets everything on the board for me, um, gets everything set up for the day. And then um, my, the rest of the coaches, I mean, it's really just pick up where you left off. When you walk in, you're ready to go. Um, I handle all of the administrative uh, aspects, um, all of the marketing, all of the communicating, uh, you know, with the emails and um, any of the financials. Uh, but they, they handle the, the, the gym until I can get there at three. Awesome. So you're all the back end functions, all the administrative, all the management, and basically just have your coaches coach. That's exactly what it is. Cool. And, and of course, you gave credit to your morning coach for doing the program. And so that's anybody who's been in the CrossFit world knows that's that's a big job if you take it seriously. So obviously, that's a, a big contribution there. So um, you said that you merged a couple of gyms together. So when that happened, how many members did that put you at? Was it a bigger facility? And then take us kind of in and through COVID and how that may have affected things. Okay. Um, so initially, just the move itself, I mean, you know, a lot of uh, CrossFit um, and, and, and how members decide where they want to choose for their home is, is really location-based um, in a lot of ways. And in some cases, four miles was just a little bit too far because they're already coming from, you know, a distance further away maybe. Um, and it was just in the wrong direction. So we lost some from West Plano CrossFit. Um, and then when I got over to CrossFit 972 and went through the books, I realized that there was that the member, uh, the membership was not where I, where I'd initially thought. So after putting all the numbers together, I think we started out right at around 97 to hundred members. And, uh, currently we're at 140. Okay. So you're considerably further ahead than you were then. Did COVID affect you at all? Did you maintain right through? You guys were probably shut down, what, on average around six or seven weeks? Yeah, it wasn't as bad in Texas. And Collin County is really supportive of, of businesses in general. And so I think we were shut down for four weeks. But um, that's an interesting question that I like to answer because um, I did something different than most gyms and that um, I – I heard stories where the gyms were renting out their equipment uh, to their members so that they could work out at home and maybe do Zoom type classes. I did it a little different. I loaned every, all of my equipment out to my members. Um, just had everybody come in, grab what we were going to need. I mean, including rowers, including bikes, including barbells, whatever um, I thought we would be using um, during during our Zoom uh, classes. And um, it worked out really well. I got all my equipment back. So that's that's the good thing. And um, I think it kept them engaged. And, um, you know, I didn't feel right charging them extra when they weren't going to be getting the full experience. And I thought, hey, nobody's using the equipment anyways. Um, and I trust I trust the family. So let's go ahead and, and let's do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that we talked about off the air a little bit is is how everybody says that their that their gym is like a family and they try to promote a family atmosphere, but, but you really take that to heart. Like that's one of your core values. If you'd call it at your gym is you try to handle everything as if people were your, your chosen family, not your, you know, versus your, your natural family or your birth family. Right. Yes. Uh, it's where fitness meets family. So kind of the slogan that I try to try to promote, um, with my coaches and with my athletes, um, 
I mean, it starts starts from day one. I mean, just whenever they walk in, I want everybody to feel like they're when you when you walk in as a new guest in, in CrossFit 972, I want you to feel like you're the, the most important person in there. And I want everybody to feel the same way. Um, I mean, it starts with communication. Um, you know, I, I hear from so many different people that they'll email five different CrossFit gyms and you know, I'm, I, they hear back from me within an hour because, I mean, I know timing is, is of the essence, right? And when they come in, we start with, uh, you know, giving them a grand tour, you know. I mean, no matter uh, what what time they come in and what class, we'll, uh, you know, introduce ourselves, give them a tour. We'll count out all the equipment for them. Look, we have six assault bikes, 16 rowers, two ski yard. You know, we'll give them the full rundown of all the equipment. We love it out back because it's uh, safe. There's no traffic. And so whenever we run, um, you know, it's, it's nice and safe. Um, and then whenever they do their first class, we introduce them to everybody. Um, we, we stop before we even do the warm up, introduce them to everybody. Um, and then I like to have a, a veteran shadow them, uh, starting off, um, because I, I just think it helps to engage, it helps them to engage with the community on the first day. If you've ever walked into a CrossFit gym, you know how intimidating it is, you know, to begin with. And so if you can have someone who's been there and done it and is welcoming and, and will guide you through the process. And I think it just makes that process so, so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, something that you brought up that uh, I'm always curious about and our listeners are always curious about, you said that like, when you know there's there's a, a process where people may email you they reach out to you somebody's interested in you um do you find that most people that you're bringing in as new clients are reaching out to you first or are you doing any outward marketing for the gym a little bit of both and it's very minimal um as far as marketing on my end uh, it's mostly facebook um it's really geared towards you know a specific area and um, if I'm looking to fill certain classes um, that are lighter, then I'll, I'll try to do uh, ads specific to those class times. Or if we're, you know, doing, we're going to add Olympic lifting, then we'll do something specific to that. Um, or I'll just do where fitness meets family, you know, come try for free class, you know, that, that, that type of a promotion. Um, and it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody, everyone knows what the Facebook ads are. They, you know, they just are in a generalized area and they're very inexpensive and I do get, um, I do get uh, some return on that, uh, but mostly it's, uh, it's, it's Google and be on the top. You have to pay extra, you know, to be on the top of the list for Google. And, um, and if they call you first, I'll, I'll, I'll be the, the first one to answer the phone or the first one to email you back. Cool, cool. Now, I want to talk about both ways that people come into, but I'm curious because it sounds like maybe you do something a little different there too. Do you run make run manage all of your own ads when you do run a facebook ad or something like that i do that that's uh that's unique right because it can be a black hole it can be a money pit people will you know will kind of sink untold there and, and they don't know what kind of return they're getting is that a skill you acquired by coaching by watching youtube videos by just trial and error how did how did you get to the point where you feel comfortable doing that yourself I'd say trial and error. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't think that they're, you know, the, the flashiest or anything like that, but when I compare them to competitors, I think that ours jumps out just as much. And mo mostly it's the message that you're trying to get across. Um, you can, the, the images are great, but um, you, you really want to hone in on what the message is um, and what you're trying to accomplish um, so that you find the right people for what you're, what you're looking for. 
And uh, that's how I get the best. And I always do the uh, learn more options so that they'll go through the website and they'll get be able to get all of their information through there as well. Um, I include my phone number on the ad though. So that way they can click on learn more or they can call the phone number that's on the ad. Um, but I like them to go through the website so that they can answer most of the questions there um, and then hopefully reach out through, to me through, through the, the website itself. Cool, cool. So that's, that's definitely, a, it's a useful skill to have and it's not something that a lot of owners feel like they have the time or ambition or maybe even the money to kind of to throw at it to learn through the trial and error. But once you have it, you know, it's always in your back pocket, right? You want to add a few members this month, you run some ads. If they work, you know, if you have your process dialed in, you can kind of turn the faucet on and off depending on where you're looking to be. So absolutely kudos to you for, for being able to have a handle on that. So yeah, for the entire advertising, my entire advertising budget probably caps out at around 125 to 150 bucks a month. Um, and so it's, it really is that simple. If you just, just learn, learn how to create those, those ads. Yeah. And that's got you basically about where you want to be for members, right? You're not looking to add many much if any more as far as membership goes right now you're pretty full um i think 150 is a comfortable number for us and so yeah being at 140 is uh no, we're getting we're getting there um we, we we'd we'd still like to add a few of course um but we're i feel like 150 is where we're gonna pretty much cap out yeah that's gonna be a good feel on the no like all right this is what my revenue is this is what i get you know 140 is cool 150 might be that you know a little extra in the pot for, you know, whatever the next piece of cool equipment is you want to get for the gym or, you know, a little upgrade or maybe just a little bit of a cushion, you know, as a business owner for the, for the unpredictable stuff. So getting to that point where you have a number and you know, you're, you're within shooting distance of it for sure, but you don't have to press, right? Those next 10 people can be 10 people that you think are a super good fit. They don't just have to be anybody. Exactly. Yeah. I can really, um, uh, go go after the, the 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 type of clientele that I'm that I really need. You know, the the 6:30 a.m. class is always the hardest class to fill. So let me let me target those those, those types of athletes um, that that are willing to do that class because you know when you come to a, a 4:30, 5:30, during the week, it's 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 wall to wall and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. How big is your your actual workout space? Just so you know, people can can kind of have a visual of it in, in how many people do you max out in for a class? Um, so the total space is 4,300. Um, I have a little bit blocked off for childcare. So I would, I would guess somewhere around 3,500 square feet. And, um, um, you know, whenever you have your rig in there and your, your, all your plates and barbells and bikes and rowers, you know, you lose space. Right. So, um, I give every athlete a, it's an eight by 12 space. Um, so it gives you, I guess, technically social distancing, although I, I don't know that, you know, there's true social di distancing in CrossFit. Um, uh, we, we try to do the best that we can, but that, that gives us 18 per class. And, um, you know, I, we use Wattify, and I'm sure a lot of people use the same software. And uh, so you're able to reserve. And, uh, but you still always have those, you know, one or two that don't reserve. So if, if we push it to 20, then, you know, we, we push it to 20, you know, we, we, we do make exceptions. We're not going to kick anybody out or anything like that. We just have to get creative at that point. 
Yeah. And that kind of pushes the limit where most CrossFit gyms also say like for one coach, right? If you don't have a second coach, much more than that, you can't really give the attention and, and really the amount of energy that you want to everybody once it gets beyond that anyway. So having a 10,000 square foot floor, if you only got one coach, doesn't really do you any good. Exactly. No, I agree totally. And I'm, I'm blessed to have uh, a number of coaches in every class, um, whether or not they're working out or not, but there may be a, a class where it is that size where I, where I say, Hey, can you kind of keep an eye on this, you know, on this particular athlete over here that's, that's newer um, in there, you know, it, it, it always works out. Yeah. The uh, I want to hop back to new people for a minute because I just want to know what your experience has been. Majority of people are coming to you either through word of mouth referral or finding your website and really, you know, going through and finding out what you're about before you have any conversations with them. So do you find that the, uh, that that process is very different on the intro level, on the sales level versus when you do run an ad and it, it may be someone's a complete stranger that's just clicking something on, on Facebook or Google? Well, you know, uh, I know the way that I started in, in CrossFit is I, I Googled CrossFit near me. And I think that, you know, it, it, if I were guessing, I'd say eight out of 10 athletes are doing the same thing. You know, they've, they've already done a little research on CrossFit. Um, they're interested. They're excited about it. And they, they say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And then the next thing you do is CrossFit near me. And that's how, I mean, I, that's how I found my, that's how I found West Plano CrossFit. And um, I think that that's how that most athletes do find. Um, some, I'm finding that a lot more athletes are trying a, a, a number of different gyms out uh, because CrossFits are offering uh, the free trial classes and whatnot. Um, so I'm getting a lot more of that. And I'm, and I'm seeing a lot of those, uh, those um, I'm seeing a lot of those athletes come back to me and I, I, I always ask them, you know, what, why, why did you choose us? <laughs> you know, and it always comes back to, we just felt super welcome here. Um, it was just right when we walked in, um, it was a warm welcome. Uh, Y'all have tons of equipment. Um, apparently uh, it, there, some of the other boxes don't have, you know, that type of equipment. And then, um, and the, uh, the coaching, um, and they say it always comes back down to that as well. Yeah. So you, uh, not sure if I answered your question there, but oh, no, 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 that's fine. You, you gave me a lot there. So, um, it's great that you're actually tracking and asking and paying attention because if you don't, then everything is guesswork. So, um, you know, in one way, shape or form, you find that, that people are coming to you with some degree of familiarity. And for the most part, once they get to you and in your doors, they kind of have an idea what to expect. And you're, you're kind of wowing them with the community, the coaching, the space, you know, the, the equipment, cleanliness, things like that. So you're just kind of standing on your rock and like, hey, you found me. This is what it is. We're going to coach our ass off. We're going to give you the best experience we can. And if it's a good fit, we'll see you tomorrow. And if not, maybe there's another gym that's better. Exactly. I mean, I call it rolling out the red carpet for anybody who's new. Um, uh, yeah, I, I take pride, pride in that. And um, it, it's, a, it, I look at it as, as a challenge and I'm, I'm ready to, to prove myself. And I've really uh, invested in my coaches and trying to, to get them to, to have that same philosophy and, and to communicate things the same way that, that I will, or I would in their shoes. Um, so, 
yeah, I've been really lucky that they bought in because that's a huge part is because you can, you can be a great salesman or you can, um, you can know what you want for your gym, but if your coaches can't communicate that when you're not there, um, then it's, you get a lot, a lot of lost members due to that. Um, if they just come in and they say, uh, here, here's a phone number, call Justin, you know, that just doesn't, it, they don't call Justin. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. They need to get the, the, the red carpet, carpet treatment every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like you said, especially if you're in an area where people have choices, and sometimes it may be between you and another gym, maybe it's CrossFit, maybe it's not, maybe it's just a choice between you and somebody just saying, well, I tried, there was nobody there. And then they just sit their ass back on the couch. Like you, you just never know what's going on. So when you have that opportunity, you really have to make the most of it because you probably won't get it again. And you have to sell the value too, because um, we're not the cheapest. Um, you know, there are gyms that are, that that are trying to snag uh, members just based on price, and, um, and we need to help the members, you know, the athletes, the potential athletes, understand uh, where the value is at. You know, what are you getting in return? Um, and so, if we can outline that, that to them and communicate that to them better than the other gym, um, then we should still have the advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The race to the bottom to be the cheapest doesn't do anybody any service because even if you're real good, you're probably not going to be around real long. So if you close, you can't help anybody. So definitely no fault in that. So just to hear you kind of talk about the way things are going in the gym, you came in, you know, with a pretty solid plan. You knew who you wanted to be. You have your, your core beliefs down. You have a staff that you believe in, uh, numbers are where you basically where you'd like them to be, you know, give or take a couple percent as far as membership goes. Are there any other big hurdles for you as a business owner in, you know, getting to another level? Is it just a matter of maintaining longevity? Like what other challenges are you going to set out there for yourself or already exist as the owner of this gym? Well, I mean, I think we're all, we are all worried about, you know, new waves of, of COVID. Those are the things that scare you. I just uh, signed a new five-year lease. So, um, you know, I had to think long and hard about it because, um, you know, whenever COVID hit the first time um, and they, they closed us down, it was really scary. And so um, that's definitely scary. Um, but outside of that, I'm, um, I, I think that, we feel comfortable in our own skin and we're confident um, in what we do. So I don't feel like that we feel like that there's a threat out there to us per se. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess if, if I'm losing sleep at night, it's if, if, am I going to lose, you know, any of my coaches or, or anything like that, you know, that would be something that could throw, throw it off the rails, but I make sure I keep, you know, about 10 to 15, you know, at, at, at arm's length just so, so just in case um, I need to, grab them and ask them to, to help out. And we have such a supportive group of coaches. It's just amazing. Yeah. Having a deep bench is important. In yeah. this, you know, <laughs> that's that's one of the, you know, besides COVID, one of the things that I hear the most frequently is how hard it is for a lot of people to find coaches. And really, if you, it sounds, if you have that many, my guess is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, most of them are homegrown talent. They're people that you've developed up through the ranks that have a passion for your community, have a passion for fitness, want to move well and be examples, right? You can't just go out and pluck 10 or 15 people off the streets to come in and be on your bench. I'm lucky in the sense that, um, that my, my core group of coaches have actually been there longer than I have. 
So they coached me whenever I started. So um, to have to have that kind of a core group of coaches um, really does uh, solidify the the family part of it because um, these athletes they may they may come in and then spend a year with us and then leave for six months to a year and come back and we still have the same core coaching group and it's uh, so they feel right back at home. They're not starting uh, starting all over again. Awesome. So I've been very lucky there for sure. Yeah. Well. As we wind this thing down, I feel like you're a guy who's been doing this a little while. You have an, an interest in ownership and another business. So you have kind of this rounded business background, really comfortable with who you are and what you are as a business. And there's probably a lot, but if, if you could pass on maybe one piece of experience or advice, something that you've learned in your time in owning the gym to our listeners audience, what do you think it would be? To be inclusive. Um, you know, we have a, a Facebook group page, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, a lot of gyms do, uh, but they're not, ju- it's not just for announcements. It's not just for us to say here, we're doing this on, on this day. And, you know, we're, we're closed on this day. It's, it's for you to, to, if you, if you need work, if you, if you're out of a job or if you, um, some, have something to promote, or if you have jokes, if you have memes, you know, whatever you can do. Uh, to, you know, to, to have fun and interact, um, then I, I think that that really helps. Um, I, I would say don't email. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody's ever said that on your podcast, but I've noticed that anytime I've ever emailed the entire group, it reminds somebody they need to quit. <laughs> so um, I really like using the Facebook group page uh, because those are active members and not everybody in the emails are active. So we invite everybody to our Facebook group uh, page. We do weekly socials um, every Friday night after our, our last class, we all hang out um, and, and spend time together to get to know each other. Um, and then we do outside events as well. Um, I, I try to give responsibilities to the to the the veterans, you know, not you know, not military per se. Just like you know, the people who have been with the box for a long time, I I try to give them extra responsibilities um, to to let them know how much they mean to the box, um, and then that really pours over into the new members and, and their experience whenever the veterans are coming around and really welcoming them and and and, and making them feel at home, and then uh, t- a. <laughs> I wrote down touch the members. That doesn't sound right. So in <laughs> so in 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 in, um, in restaurant business, you have to touch your tables. Okay, I got to make sure you're touching your tables. Um, in the medical supply business, you got to touch your accounts. You got to make sure that you're you're hitting every account as often as possible. So it's just it, in every class, every coach should talk to every single athlete there. Uh, make sure that you spend time just just point out don't all don't always point out something that they're doing wrong point out always try to point out something that they're doing right as well uh, but make sure you talk to every single athlete you're not there just to explain what the workout is you're there to really be interactive and, and make them feel like they're being coached and that you care so it's just being as inclusive as possible i think is would be my my, my suggestion to all yeah yeah you're you're working hard on that community aspect and everybody talks about it but a lot of people think that it just happens naturally and to a degree it does right you can do nothing and crossfit athletes will form their own community but sometimes it can turn into clicks or sometimes it can get a little splintered but you're really trying to group everybody in as as a family as you say in putting real effort into it probably um you know i've not ever heard of anybody that's weekly you know, just get together social after, after classes and 
you know, people will push their Facebook group and do outside events, but that's just kind of that one extra thing that, that weekly, you know, have a coach stick around, or maybe it's you sticking around on Friday night. I'm sure people have lives and responsibilities. So maybe you rotate through, but doing anything you can, especially for you, where you're, you're at a point where you're comfortable with your numbers. So your energy isn't going to chase a new members. It's just making everybody who's in your world, making their experience consistently positive. Yeah. And that, that Friday night class, that Friday 530 class is our biggest class every week uh, because they know that we're all uh, staying to, to hang out afterwards. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really been a great addition. We all look forward to it every week, uh, but we, we definitely do things outside of the box, but we want to get together every week and talk about, um, you know, how we've progressed and what things we can work on and um, as a group and as individuals. And, um, and I'm there to, and I am there every week and I'm there to listen to everybody. And if they have suggestions on how I can improve CrossFit 972, then I'm, I'm there to listen and always, always will be. Man, Justin, when we spoke before you came on, when we were booking you for the podcast, the thing that stood out the most to me is you said 972 was about getting people in, treating them like family, and just making them feel like they're part of it. And everything you've said has stood true to those words. So I think that'll be the biggest takeaway. Um, people looking for ways to do it maybe need to hear just one thing that'll trigger. So I appreciate your time coming on and, and explaining a little bit better what you do in, in building that 972 family. And I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for taking some time out of your day and spending it with us. If you want to hear more episodes, smash that subscribe button, get notified when new episodes drop. If you want to give us a like, feedback, comments, reviews, we love it all. If you want to be on the show, hit the link in the description, fill out the form so I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Justin, before I let you go, where can people find you online? That would be www.crossfit972.com. Easy enough, right? Don't have to spell anything other than CrossFit and three numbers after it. That's right. Really simple to find. CrossFit972 on Instagram and Facebook, right? So uh, Instagram is going to be CrossFit972 underscore Plano, Texas. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, the Facebook will be uh, CrossFit972. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, sir. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.